0: Are you worried about what's coming in the next 10 years? Are you concerned that the news outlets are leaving a lot out? Are you concerned that what you don't know could leave you and your family in a world of hurt? I need to do something, but I don't know what. On this show, we help offer some answers to those questions and more because you've landed on rock-bottom survival skills, John Eldon Gibbons and Teresa S. Landry.
1: We invite you to follow Rock Bottom Survival Skills on our web pages, social media links, book offerings, YouTube channels, podcast locations, and on demand TV programs via Roku, smart TVs, and devices. For more information, check the links below. We ask and appreciate that you like, share, and subscribe to our content.
0: On this episode of Rock Bottom Survival Skills, we talk about the differences between bugging out, and digging in in an emergency or survival situation.
1: Views expressed on this podcast are our opinions and based on our personal experiences and are not meant to be professional, financial, or legal advice in any way, shape, or form.
0: Welcome to Rock Bottom Survival Skills. I'm John Eldon Gibbons.
1: And I'm Teresa S. Landry. Our topic for today is the difference between bugging out and digging in in a survival or emergency situation. But before we get to that topic, let's start with what we like to call the good, the bad, and the funny. The bad. Hurricane Ida, one hurricane, one hurricane caused more damage than all others during the 2020 season.
0: And, you know, as a further comment on on the hurricane season, it's interesting that as part of what we consider the bad here is the flood insurance in certain areas of the U.S., I believe it's along the East Coast, goes from $600 a year to $3,000 in some parts of the U.S.
1: So that particular um, increase is a 500 500- Five times jump. That's a huge jump. Uh, 500% increase, something like that. So these weather effects, even if they're not personally affecting your home, are affecting your pocket. And uh, the results for the 2021 wildfire season as of Uh, Early November was a total of 48,725 wildfires that had burned more than 6.5 million acres across the U.S. According to the National Interagency Fire Center, that's huge. That affects everything from your grocery bill to your availability of a Christmas tree.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting because really, if you think about it, the Adirondack State Park is 6 million acres. So look at a map of that, and i will give you an idea of how much burned. Now, that's not funny. That's the bad. And here's some, yeah, here's some more bad news. So permafrost covers 24% of the surface of land masses in the Northern Hemisphere, and accounts for nearly uh, half of all organic carbon stored within the planet's soil. This permafrost is melting, and it's uh, published in the processing of the National Academy of Science Journal. The study of satellite photographs of the previously unexplored sites in Siberia detected large amounts of methane being released from exposed limestone. And this is a large contributor to greenhouse gases.
1: Yeah, I mean, global warming and the melt is is really horrible, but I want to get to something good because I really do like to focus on the positivity. So a recent report examined the fact that closed landfills, which were just sitting there doing not much of anything, are now being repurposed as solar farms, which is entirely cool. So they're creating green energy, and there are questions on that, but we'll just go with green energy, (laughs) and and they're going to become productive again, which is wonderful. On another good note, John was really excited to find out that now you can get your online ham radio license test. Uh, You couldn't do this online before. He's really excited to be able to get that test remotely and get back on a ham radio.
0: Yeah, that's really cool because I had a ham radio license. I let it lapse. And you know, <laughs> it seems like constantly I'm saying, well, and I let it lapse because I, 10 years worth of a radio license, and I wanted to upgrade. So the next one I'm going to do is I believe I'm going to do an upgrade, and I can't wait to do that. I know that site is uh, A R R L dot org. You can get more info about that. So for those of you who are phonetic, that's Alpha Romeo Romeo Lima. Yeah, anyway. dot the great resignation right we're talking about a lack of millions returning to work maybe this is actually a good thing in a large part due to retirement so you know that's kind of cool for those who want to finally retire and hopefully we all uh, you know get to that point where we can enjoy life and get out in our boats and get out in walking cycling and by the way you know rock bottom survival skills in in our book and and is really not about, you know, trying to live poor. I don't want to do that. That's not what we're doing. If anything, we've created this deliberate lifestyle. And anyway, these other people are being deliberate too, because many of these people, and this is the cool part, are actually starting their own businesses, or as some people like to put it, creating their own jobs. Now, sometimes you get some negative feedback on creating a job instead of a business, blah, 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 you know. The bottom line here is, look, you're your own boss, and you're, you know, you're, you are absolutely learning to live deliberately. So, you know, kudos to those people. Congratulations. And uh, now let's move on. Are we going to start with something funny? <laughs> no, I didn't mean that. No, okay, I'll just say it this way a large megachurch recovers over a half a million dollars in stolen money because a plumber moved a toilet and found envelopes containing the loo loot. Which was hidden in the loo, the bathroom, the toilet, behind a piece of paneling attached to the toilet. At least, I guess it wasn't a composting toilet. Great news! The plumber was given $20,000 for his find as a reward. All right, way to go, mega church. Look, you can reach us on our website at rockbottomsurvivalskills.com to find out more about the book. Or you can also go to mustardsprout.com. Okay, the topic for today is bug out versus digging in. So let's start with a basic definition of what the heck we're talking about. Basically, in a survival situation or you have one of those emergencies, you know, you'll see the term uh, stuff hits the fan. S- yes h t f thank you okay i had to think about it there for a minute okay so what go ahead
1: um
0: what does bugging out mean? bugging
1: out means that you can't physically stay where you are your house had a flood there's a fire coming uh there's an earthquake something is making it structurally impossible for you to stay
0: Okay, yeah, and you know, one of the things that you see all the time when you're looking through forums and you're talking to people is that you'll see these these bug out bags. Now, we go over a bug out bag, what it is and how it works, and I give you examples. And the problem is that a bug out bag is really a military invention, the idea that you're going to grab and go. You're going to get out of Dodge, you're just going to get going. It's a prepper mentality, but the problem with that is, what do you do with, everybody's going to have to have one in the family. You know, people forget that. And what are you doing with your family? Because some of the kits and some of the things that I've seen is a one-soul cowboy, lone cowboy out there going, taking off. Now, where are they headed? <laughs> you know, where are they what going? What are they going to
1: do when they get there? And who are they going to share life with? I don't know. Yeah, but, right? Um, so bugging out is a survival, survival thing. And it's not appropriate if, I don't know, the power went out and you're just going to hunker down, you're going to dig in. Or if there's a disruption in the food supply, you want to dig in. You don't want to grab a bag and go put yourself with even fewer resources.
0: Right. And you know, some of this is the purposeful, deliberate lifestyle. In other words, you're you're creating a situation where you can work and be off grid because everything kind of went around you. And also the question is, are we talking permanent? Are we talking temporary? I mean, these are the kind of things you're thinking about. Now, Where's a good example where it'd be appropriate to, uh, quote, bug out? I mean, can you give me one? I Uh, can think of one. If
1: you live on the edge of a wildfire, you probably want to bug out.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's perfect. But some of the stuff that I see in these bags and in these kits are designed for basically a battle, right? You're looking for an invasion or something. What I want to see is... These are people, you know, basically a good bug out kit to be quite honestly is really nothing more than your camping gear on a backpack. You could you could if you know how to, you know, you want the ultimate bug out kit, read The New Complete Walker, or learn to backpack, and then you're pretty well set as long as you provide the food. Now, I, and you know, that's not really popular in the in the survival prepper world, but we're not really, that's not what we're about. We're about rock bottom survival <laughs> Throw in skills. one of your
1: grandfather's books so you know how to eat in the wild. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: And you know, by the way, the time to learn is not, you know, two minutes before you got to eat something, okay? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, absolutely. The the problem is the mentality that goes with it. And by, by the way, you should have something set up to be able to grab and go. You don't know when things are going to go south. I mean, what happens if you have uh, a flood that you really got minimal warning? A tornado coming. Now, these are good reasons to bug out. you got to go to a shelter. you got to get yourself out of the area. But sometimes it's just better to hunker down and, as they say, shelter in place, right?
1: Yeah, dig in. Right. And when you dig in, you still need to know how to feed yourself. You still need to stay warm or cool, as the case may be, and um, you still have to take care of everybody's needs. Uh, Everybody can vary depending on the size of your family and the the number of people near you who have not prepared that you're willing to take in.
0: So, you know, I guess the point here that we make is if you're going to have, whoever's in your family, then you wanna decide, well, what exactly is my strategy? And if you ever looked at the hurricanes coming on places like uh, Florida, you see that there are, you know, mile after mile of cars that get stuck, they run out of gas. So what you see is that these people may get stuck going out and trying to get off of like the causeways and say the Keys or someplace like that. And it's wall to wall in some cases, right? And a lot of people stay. Now, some of the people down there have that mentality. No, I'm staying. I've been through five hurricanes, whatever. There are times, and a good example right now is, say, up in British Columbia, right? I mean, yes. You're, okay. What are you going to do there? I mean, you've seen the... You know, here's the other thing. Is everybody seeing these news programs?
1: I hope so. I mean, we had... Um... Earthquakes off of the Oregon coast today, all kinds of natural disasters happening at a frequency that they never used to happen at.
0: Right. And you know, it's not even a question that this isn't like, I I wish we could just say that we're not spreading, you know, we're not going to try and spread gloom and doom. We don't need to spread anything. The question is, are you seeing what's on the news? I mean, you know, I have to go, like you take Australian fires, you take things that are happening in Canada. I go, this is a tip for you for communications. Go to the actual location from time to time. Like, come up with maybe a list of five or ten places throughout the world, or the United States, or Canada, or Mexico, and then try to find a local channel that will that you can just check in from time to time. Now, one of the other tips is to go to the AP, the AP uh, news sources, and even then, sometimes you're not seeing all of the news. We get very limited. I'm not sure if they're dividing it up by you know East Coast, West Coast, Central U.S., but I'm not getting a lot of the news until weeks and days after the fact.
1: So let's assume that you're not being physically pushed out of your house by a disaster. In this case, you actually have to feed yourself, which you could have a lot of stores in your house, but then you have to be able to cook them if there's an electrical problem, if you run out of propane. You have to have a way to prepare food. You have to have a way to store food. Um, if a freezer is and a refrigerator are the only ways that you can store food, you may have a problem if the electricity goes out, and that is becoming more and more frequent. So you have to have um, ways to feed yourself, and uh, there are some fresh food options that you can actually do, but with uh, sprouting and microgreens, which are two things that we're getting ready to do going into the winter because obviously all of our garden is put to bed for the summer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. know the other thing too, is that a lot of people just don't pay attention to is water use. Now where we're at, we're okay. We don't have a problem getting water for ourselves. And we have a generator or some people have pumps that are hand pumps. They can get water. They can go someplace and get springs. But if the, for some reason the roads are closed down, you're not going to be able to do that. So really what we're talking about here is probably storing water in the terms of like maybe a three to five day supply. So at the least I would consider and you know what works is those uh, the pure sparkle water
1: five gallon jugs for water you can buy them mm. at a lot of stores right
0: you know I would I would keep on hand maybe three of those you know somewhere in there and I'd swap them out and probably get something to disp- to dispense them or a pump and then consider using them and drinking them and replacing them but keeping a good you know 15 gallons minimum on hand you know if you can go more that's great but the problem with water, in most cases. Now, uh, those probably last longer. They've probably been UV'd, right? I would right. think if they're or,
1: sealed and they're in usually a blue tinted plastic so that they don't have the the sunlight feeding the bacteria. Right,
0: and it, it, right. absolutely. And algae, mainly algae, yeah. you're looking for algae and the blue stops a lot of that. In fact, you'll see a lot of people in aquaponics, they will paint they will paint their, their tanks blue uh, and that's to, to really close down on uh, algae. Development. Yes. Okay, yeah. Keeping some water on hand—that's priority. Food. Now, how do you? One of the things that we're going to talk about later is I call it the movable pantry system because there could come a point when you do have to leave. You know, what are some? I guess some ideas of when we else you would have to leave. I mean, too hot, too cold, right?
1: Uh, a flood. If the wind is such that it affects your house, I mean, I've seen roofs blown off houses. I've seen trees land on roofs. So there are times when the, uh, the wind itself can cause damage to your house and make it not livable.
0: We're talking about a situation where the, your structure itself has been damaged and you need to get out. And that's, that's one of the big ones. And that's your entire family. Now comes the big question. This is probably even more important to your planning process. Where are you going to go? I mean, right? I mean, you're going to... And, yes. And,
1: so for some people, the bug out bag is everything you're going to need when you get to a motel or a shelter. For other people, a bug out bag is what will help you survive in the woods so it depends on where you live do you live in an area where shelters are going to be set up or do you already live out in the middle of the woods where you're going to have to trek through miles and miles of wilderness before you get to anything
0: and one thing you should be aware is when you're going into a shelter you may be limited on what you can take inside you also have uh, certain items that are not going to be allowed so if you have a pocket knife, it may say, you know, you're not bringing one in here. Uh, it could be a lighter. I don't know. It depends on the area that you're at. But there are specifically, they call it contraband items. Can't bring alcohol. So keep that in mind, too, when you're packing these. I'll give you a real quick story. To, I, I talked to somebody one time on a trip where they were going into a museum area. And they were traveling. And they had parked their car. And they had a knife that they did not want to get right. It was it an was heirloom, right, that had been passed down. And the guy had a choice. They said, well, you can surrender it here, but you're not getting it back. They didn't make any guarantee or say you can come back and pick it up. They said it's gone uh, or you're not going in. So he had to choose not to go in because he didn't want to lose that heirloom pocket knife. And and I understand that. I mean, it was a keepsake. The question I had and this is nothing against any person who does it. It's just a question, like, people will ask me a lot of times. They'll say, well, I see you use that knife. You use another one. And it's like, well, what? You can't settle on it? I mean, it's like, are you just, are you stuck on toys? And I said, no, it's really about the fact I don't want, it's the reverse, actually. I don't want to get stuck with one thing. Like, I've, I figure I've got a bunch of different, you know, pocket knives. I've got, you know, hatchets, axes, Whatever. I like to use different tools because they weigh different. They handle different. I can use them just as effectively, and some are better. Some work a little better than the others. And also, I don't get hung up on the idea I lost it. Now I'm, you know, boo-hoo, my magic, my mojo magic disappeared, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, There's so, a magical
0: thinking. My luck just changed. You, know.
1: you want a good enough knife that it's going to do what it's supposed to do, but you don't want it to be too good that you're, you're going to be devastated if you lose it.
0: You know, one of the most important things I've probably passed on and gotten from other people, from my mentors, were, you know, don't get too attached to things. People you can attach yourself. You know, I can't replace my family, but I can replace everything else. Definitely. And and, and honestly, the whole idea of survival or the whole idea of skill building is that it's right here in your head and your hands and your ability And you can make what you need to along the way. Now, in some cases, things are... Obviously, I want something like a generator, right? I'm not going to make electricity, but could you? I mean, you ask that question. It sounds stupid. Well, let's see. If I had an alternator and a battery, I could scavenge those. I could probably create a system in which I could create 12 volts, you know?
1: Okay, but I want to get back to feeding people if Ah, you dig in.
0: I digress. Again.
1: (laughs) So if you're... If you're going to bug out, I want to throw one more thing in about bugging out. If you have pets, you better include pet food in your bug out bag because the pets are going to want to eat. And and
0: what's the other part of that, too, is speaking of of what else to carry? What about your identifications, you know, passports, the ability to have documentation? Maybe you need... Because what if your place has been destroyed or is destroyed?
1: Yeah, hopefully those things are secured in a safe that is fireproof, weatherproof, but you should at the very least have copies of those things to take with you so that you can replace documents if everything is destroyed.
0: And in some cases, you may put that on a USB, right? There may be photographic evidence. Yes. And then you would carry that or that could be shoved into a bag. Maybe you've got some pictures that are really important to you that you never want to lose, that you could take a scan of. I mean, it's not the same. I've got one that disappeared that I love, but I had a scan of it. And the fact that I have it means that I'm always able to either reproduce it. And it's cool.
1: I want to throw one thing out there on this uh, notion of not losing the things that you absolutely love. Um, a f- close friend of mine had a lot of keepsake pictures that no matter what, she wanted to be sure that those pictures were never destroyed. So she made two copies, put one in her safe, and gave me the other one to put in my safe in a different state so chances are if there is some disaster that destroys us both we are gone with him. so it doesn't really matter but and uh, barring anything else i've got her keepsakes and i did the same thing after that and she's got some of mine
0: yeah that's i mean that's awesome that's absolutely great and and the other question now is we ask well what's your end goal right what do you really want to do in the end of this if everything goes south and and there are levels of what the problem is. You could say level 1 is I'm stuck here for 3 days and I don't have power. Level 2 is my heat disappeared, you know, or my cooling because we saw this down in Florida too, right?
1: Yeah, Texas uh, was really Texas bad last year. Texas was terrible
0: last year. Now I'm saying I didn't I wasn't down there when it happened. I'm saying we saw it on national television, we saw it in re- newspaper reports. And the fact is that when you're in that situation, You've got to have some form of cooling in some of those places or you're not going to make it. So you need to move. Also, resources. And those resources, as you stated, are food, right? Or they could be water.
1: Or a way to cook your food. I mean, if you have a whole pantry full of dry pasta and no way to heat water, what are you going to eat? Right.
0: Yeah, the backups. Now, you see, here's the deal with a Digging in, you're creating systems that work that you can replace in the event that the ones disappear and honestly i'd rather be in that situation than in the situation where i don't have any of the resources and i've only got to rely on what i brought or that i can build or that i can in some way acquire or and this is the one that a lot of these you know when you when you think about locations or another location that you know you can go to now that may not be provided by the state the government, it may be provided by you that you planned ahead. You have a camp. You have a boat that is in another location that has the gear you need. And you can go live on that boat for a while. A camper, a trailer.
1: In some cases, it's just a storage area where you keep essentials.
0: Yeah, that's a, very a popular. A storage locker. A storage locker in another state or another location is very popular right now. And it's minimal. I mean, you know, it's not cheap, cheap. It's not like, you know, but I've seen some of them that are 20 $30 a month. And others that are going to run you a hundred depends on how big you need. how big of an area do you need. I've seen some really small storage lockers that are like a closet. You know, I was surprised. I'm like, really? This is you rent this? You know. But you can
1: put uh, food that's not going to be destroyed by weather conditions, and you can put sleeping bags and things like that. So if you really wanted to, you could fill a storage locker and think of it as a walk-in closet, and put everything in there that you need to get you through two weeks to a month.
0: Right. And one of the things that you do in, in the industrial world, you have like a risk reward scale, right? It's a uh, it's a box and it has a XY accent. And one of those axes, in other words, one of those arrows going up, let's say on the side left, going up on a box and the other one going across the bottom. One of those has to do with frequency. In other words, how often do these events happen? And the other one, goes like, what is the intensity? In other words, from 0 being eh, 1 being, okay, it was an, a bummer and an annoyance, all the way up to, say, a 10 where it's, like, devastating and you can't recover from it. So if you look at frequency versus the amount of actual damage being done, that's where you start to determine your risk-reward ratio. You're going to look at, a, at at where those parts meet and intersect And you're going to say, "Hey, wait a minute, man!" Like, and and some of that is, "What am I subject to? Do we have tornadoes?" And by the way, that's changing, right?
1: It is the the frequency of events, the geographical distribution of events, the duration of events. These are all changing. And, uh, some areas it may be for the good, but in a lot of areas it's for the bad, not necessarily because the weather patterns are bad, but because their areas are not designed for those weather patterns.
0: Right. And another thing is cash is King sometimes. I mean, if you can afford to hop on a plane and someone else can't, it's going to put you in a different situation, having enough cash to be able to do something. Um, also, and I really want to get to it cause we're running out of time. Sheltering in place also means you should probably have a volunteer mentality, like get involved with your groups, right? If you're going to stay there and you plan to, get, your, get on board with people. Be part of the planning. Go to the planning meetings. That's my advice. There's true survival. You know.
1: Having a strong community base uh, is very important. If you're going to stick out any disaster, you, you really need to be part of a neighborhood community, a church, a volunteer organization. Some sort of community aspect is necessary because very few people do well completely on their own.
0: Talked about bringing plants in and taking care of our microgreens and sprouting. <laughs> Welcome to Rock Bottom is now on Tubi and Plex TV. And it's on other formats, but you just got on another. Can you tell us about uh, that?
1: Yes, the um, nature and motion, which is a tribute to Emerson. It's an art house piece. It uh, just got up on Tubi TV, which is really exciting. Yeah, because that's cool. Before it was just on Vimeo, mm-hmm. and you had to pay for it. So now you can watch it for free.
0: Right. And well, I mean, it's you, uh, get, the you, app. Gotta, you get the ads. Get <laughs> yeah, Well, yeah, it's
1: okay. not for free. They make money on the ads, but um, but it's available.
0: All right. So that's really all the time we have for for today. And join us next time on Rock Bottom Survival Skills.
1: And we'll let you know how the sprouts are doing because they really come uh, in about a week. You can eat them, which is awesome.
0: If you want more information, follow us on MustardSprout.com. You can get a a good link there. Thank you once again for all of your support. We are so grateful that you are tuning in and uh, God bless. We'll talk to you later. Have a great one. Rock Bottom Survival Skills is a John Gibbons media production, licensed to Mustards Sprout Media, LLC. All rights reserved 2021.